This is Recognize, a podcast about the NHL's black and biracial hockey heroes, proudly supported by eBay Canada. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players, and I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. Here's Byron Ritchie, working. Now we got a fight here, Obler. Or Alan Tobler, tough customer, but not tough enough here for the leading penalty getter in the NHL and Peter Worrell. Peter Worrell was born in 1977 in Quebec. He played for the Florida Panthers and the Colorado Avalanche. So, hi, Peter. Thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure, Dean. Good, good to be here. Just going to hold this up. <laughs> this is a uh, your rookie card with Florida. Yeah. You can probably see it. You've probably seen it before. A few times. So, I'm just going to ask you, what, what comes to mind when you see this card? I believe it was from 1997 with Florida Panthers. Um, just kind of that I made it. You know, it was, uh, you know, just growing up as a kid, you know, always being around the hockey cards and always, you know, kind of just dreaming to have one one day. Um, you know, I remember seeing it the first time and just feeling like, man, I, 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 I made it. I, I got to where I wanted to get to. So you just mentioned that you traded cards all your life. Did you grow up collecting cards and how many cards did you have? Uh, I mean, I, I grew up collecting cards, but I, I, you know, and, and during that time, I don't think it was as, um, uh, established as it is today. Right. It was just more, um, uh, just hanging out on, on the schoolyard and just trading with your buddies there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I had, you know, uh, a whole booklet full of cards. Um, do you remember some of the favorite ones you had? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I know I grew up in Montreal, but the, the Cam Neely card was always really, was really always, uh, the one that we were always trying to trade, uh, for me uh, specifically. Uh, and why is that? You know, I. Cam Neely was the, I think the player that I wanted to be. And, and it was in my neighborhood that was kind of like, we all wanted to be uh, the guy that could be uh, not only uh, an offensive type player, but be a physical type player uh, could play, could beat you in any way. Um, you know, he was the, he was the ultimate power forward, you know? So um, everybody, everybody I knew, everybody I grew up with in my neighborhood, we, we, we all, we all fought for that, for that hockey card. Um, and I would say probably at the beginning of every season, we all fought to get number eight first. So it was, uh, you know, he was, he was a big, uh, big guy for, for myself. Uh, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood with, um, uh, Vinny LeCavier, PJ Stock, uh, a couple other guys that, that, that made it to the NHL, a lot of other guys that made it at least a junior. Um, and realistically, we all fought for that number eight every single year. Yeah, it's not surprising. Um, I recall how much of a force Cam Neely was in the way he played, and I know there's aspects of his game that you really uh, establish yourself with, so that that's interesting to hear. And do you remember where that photo was taken? That I have no idea. <laughs> be honest with you. I, I've never known. I, I just uh, um, It was presented to me, I guess, one day, uh, you know, coming out of practice one day, and somebody showed it to me, and, and I wanted to get my first signature on it, and 
Um, I, I was kind of as mesmerized. I probably, I, I probably weirded them out because I, I think I just stared at it for about five minutes. But uh, uh, no, I, I, I couldn't tell you um, where specifically that, that that picture was taken. And when you came into the league, I'm trying to remember where, because uh, it's a road jersey for Florida. So were you still wearing road jerseys, like dark jerseys on the yeah, road and white yeah, at home? Yeah, that, okay. only, that only came yeah. in, uh, the change came after I I, I, uh, I retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's uh, interesting here. And, and like you say, it's it's a signature moment when you have sort of feel like you're established and you have your own card. And did you end up keeping this card or any other cards as you moved on in your life? Um, yeah. I mean, actually, now that it comes to think of it, I think I have a couple I'm just staring at right now. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think it, over the years, I, I probably have every single one of my cards. Um, you know, they're not um, they're not exactly trader items quite like the uh, Wayne Gretzky one. So they're not quite rare. Right. So. Um, I, I've, I've been able to accumulate, uh, some over the years and, um, you know, every once in a while I get to look at it and, uh, puts a smile on my face or, uh, one of the players that, that I coach or, 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 uh, in the program that I run, uh, will bring it up and, and show it. And, um, you know, they're mesmerized by the fact it's still not in black and white. So it's, it's still, uh, yeah. still a pretty cool feeling. Well, that's great to hear. I, um, I started collecting some of the junior cards of players in my collection. I'm trying to remember if I have one for you. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I do. So I'll have to look that up later. Yeah, I think only, <laughs> I only have the one in Hall. Um, yeah, I think I've got one from Hall. Yeah, yeah, I think it was only the one. I think it was like a face-off or something against yeah. Port or something. But again, that yeah, was... Still special to have it, though. There's, there wasn't a lot of uh, CHL cards around back no, then. So. No, no, exactly. No, I, I feel, uh, again, I was I, I, I had a charmed life, especially in junior. and. Um, you know, the fact that I was, I had a card there was, was really cool. Um, you know, and, and, um, you know, it was, I was, I, I had a, I had a good three-year career in junior. I'll just say that we, we, we won a lot of games. Uh, we put up a lot of points and, um, you know, it was, it was cool to be recognized. Right place, right time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, we certainly, yeah. I mean, uh, I got drafted to a team, um, that had made it to the the Quebec League Finals a year before, and it was uh, it was supposed to be a rebuild year. So we we came in with 13, 14 rookies and new coaches, uh, everything. So it was it was supposed to be a year where uh, it, it wasn't supposed to happen. And um, you know we started the year off and, and we just started winning and we just kind of kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And all, next thing you know, we were uh, we were in the playoffs. Next thing you know, we were uh, beating the top seed and and uh, you know, made it all the way to the, uh, to the finals and, um, were able to, to, to put that out in I think four or five games or some of that. So, um, it was, it was a, it was a magical year. Um, you know, the guys that, 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 uh, that I played with there and, um, you know, we, we, we had accomplished something really cool. Um, unfortunately, uh, I think we forgot that there was still a Memorial cup afterwards. So we sure. <laughs> didn't quite have yeah. such yeah. the same effect there. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting into that later because there is such a benefit for players who are around that experience and what it means to their the next stage in NHL. Um, but I did want to step back for a moment if you could uh, share with our listeners where you grew up and what was like what it what what was it like growing up in your household? Uh, I mean, I basically grew up in in Montreal, uh, in the West Island of Montreal, a town called Pierrefonds. Uh, very proud of proud of. Um, 
you know, I grew up as a younger brother. I had a, I had a brother uh, seven years older than me. Uh, we are diametrically opposed, I guess, <laughs> physically. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, the five five ten uh, soccer player build guy and, um, you know, great on the dance floor and very charming. And I was the uh, the big brute <laughs> came coming underneath him. So, um, you know, I had, a, I had a really, you know, I had a really idyllic life. Uh, life. I mean, uh, you know, mom and dad together, uh, both bankers and um, we had a nice, you know, backyard and we grew up in a nice neighborhood. And, um, you know, we were, we were, you know, my family's from Barbados. So um, in their mindset, you know, for, for both me and my brother, fine friends, they put us in hockey. You know, that was kind of what everybody did. We played it in, uh, in, in the neighborhood. We played it in, at, at the, you know, on the street corners. And then we, you know, ended up getting into the rink. And um, again, I had a, I had a really uh, lucky, lucky experience. I, I had some really good people around me, some really good family, some really good coaches, uh, especially on, and, and it, and it uh, sparked my love. Um, could, could you tell us about your first memories of when you were uh, skating for the first time and who supported you do that? Um, yeah, no, I mean, one of the, uh, it, it was, um, I can't, I don't even remember my, my coach. I, I remember we played a tournament in Dollard and it was, um, it was like a big deal. It was uh, myself against uh, PJ Stock and, or uh, Dean Stock. And we were like the big scorers and uh, he was playing for Dollard. I was playing for Pierrefonds. And uh, I remember we won that tournament and, and. Uh, and how old is this? I was like five. I think it was like, yeah, I was a, just a kid. Um but it was, um, you know, it was the first time winning something like that. And, and uh, um, you know, we had a, we had a blast. And, and you know, it, it was weird because literally, I think like two years later, uh, literally every guy that was on that other team ended up being my teammates. We ended up like our, our cities merged to be uh, for the double A level. And, and those guys were my teammates, uh, you know, Dean Stock, Jason Birmingham, Jason Doig. Um, you know, uh, those guys were my teammates every year until, uh, I think we all went up to junior. So it was, uh, it was a memorable time. We, you know, we had a blast, uh, and it was always nice that I could always hold that one over. So five years old, um, that's right at the target age now where many kids start to play. Um, so did you feel you were good at, at, at day one and what position did you play? Uh, I was a forward all my whole life. Um, you know, back then, yeah, I was really good. I mean, I was, you know, I was, you know, I was bigger, stronger than everybody else. I was, you know, I had a little, I had an advantage in that aspect. I could score goals. Um, but, you know, I didn't have the work ethic that I would have later on. And uh, I was kind of lazy, to be honest with you. And, and uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of players caught up to me. I mean, that was the one great thing about my neighborhood. Uh, there was a lot of really good hockey players. And if you weren't on your P's and Q's, uh, you can get cut every year. So like every guy, that I grew up with, uh, who made it, you know, again, at least a junior, uh, I got cut at least once, you know, during their stage growing up. And it was, uh, it wasn't a woe is me type thing. It wasn't, you know, try to find the next program that might give you a shot. It was, you go down to the second team, you work your tail off. And, uh, if this is something that you really liked, you, you, you were going to work your tail off and get yourself back onto the top team. So, um, it was, um, it was, it was, Contagious, I guess. 
That can be very humbling and also very character building to go through that experience. So it sounds like that was a common experience you and other players went through. Oh, it sucked when it happens. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, you know, we 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 learned our lessons from day one. No, it it sucked. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of like, what was me? But um, you know, eventually you 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 know you're, you know, I know my dad was just like, look, man, like you're either going to do it or you don't. Like I don't have to put this. $500 a year playing hockey, I could buy a boat. So like, if you're not going to work hard, like, trust me, I could do other things with this. So, um, it was, so this, the, the ball was in your court to decide if you're going to, you know, yeah, rebuild no, and work hard and absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, like that's hockey was my love. It's what I wanted to do. It's what I wanted to play. Uh, I played every other sport, but like hockey was my, 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 my jam. And, um, I also was, uh, highly competitive. I was also, you know, uh, I don't want to say ego, but I, 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 I really, I always felt I was the best player, you know, and, and, and when, when I got knocked down, it was, it was humbling, but it was, it got me mad and it, it wanted to prove, I wanted to prove, you know, they were wrong. You know, I wanted to prove that, that they made a mistake and, and, um, you know, and, and, and get back to where, where I felt, you know, I should have been. So, was there a time before we get into the junior? Was there a time specifically when you really felt you had a future in the sport? Nope, <laughs> I, I never even thought of it that way. Honestly, I, I, it wasn't. Um, you know, I didn't think of it like in terms of you know when in Pee Wee or Bantam or any of those age groups, like even the next step. Uh, it was honestly just trying to be on the top team every year and trying to and try to make the next year. Um, um, you know, again, I was playing a lot of sports. So like, you know, when it was hockey season, it was kind of hockey season. And I, I focused on that. Um, but I, I was, you know, I had my mind on a lot of things. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, um, you know, at seven years old, I knew I wanted to be a hockey player. I, 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 I was hoping I could be. Um, certainly that would be the long-term goal. But uh, realistically, it was just, could I be the best guy in the neighborhood? <laughs> like, let's start with that. And let's just see what the next year, you know, brought. Um, and again, like we had a lot of really good guys in the neighborhood. I mean, um, you know, obviously Vinny was was the main, ended up being the main guy, but you know, he was a he was a thir third line kid on our teams. You know, like we had a lot of guys. Um, you know, they've gone on to do a lot of other things, but like you know, uh, you know, Jim Montgomery, coach of a uh, thing, was is from my neighborhood. Um, um, uh, Enrico Ciccone, the I guess the the minister of sports in Quebec is grew up in my neighborhood. Right. So, I mean, and I can go up and down the list. I said, PJ stock and, 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 and a whole bunch of other guys, uh, Peter white, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of really good players. Um, the GM of the, of the Canadians, uh, Ryan, uh, uh, Kent and Ryan Hughes were, were, we, we grew up with, and uh, they were guys that actually helped me out a lot. Uh, when I started my junior career, um, just helping me learn, understand what, what I had to do. So, um, and the other sports, what were the other sports you played in and were your, was your, um, success the same in the other sports as it was with hockey I was pretty, in terms I was, of your abilities? I was pretty good at, at a lot of sports. Uh, and it was very, very varied. Um, I, I, I could have played at least for Canada, uh, in soccer and water polo would be <laughs> really weird. Um, but I played basketball, 
Um, at six, seven back then, they wanted me to be a, a center. Uh, that didn't really comport to a long career. <laughs> um, I played, I think I played football for a little bit. Um, but I wanted to be a safety. They, they wanted me to play the line. Uh, so I just moved on, uh, tennis, volleyball, um, everything, but golf, I guess, golf and baseball. So you were, I didn't play. you were, you were really utilizing all these other skills and, you know, oftentimes people talk about the benefit of oh, hugely. all the skills you get. Oh, absolutely. Across, no, absolutely. Across, no, no. Uh, At the end of the day, like I, what people don't take into account are the best players are the best athletes. Right. So we, we, we do a lot of like this intensive training and, and, and focus on just being, you know, all this skill stuff and, it doesn't mean much when a guy could just be athletically and just move by you. Right. Like, uh, you know, when they, when they can marry the two, you know, that's when you get, you know, the, the Connor McDavid's and the, and the Sidney Crosby's, but realistically the best players are the best athletes, you know, and, and, uh, to be an athlete, it's not just, you know, skating up and down the line. It's finding out different ways to use your body. I, again, like I was pretty good along the boards and doing stuff like that. A lot of that was from water polo, like just learning how to, how to fend guys off uh, and use your hips to, to try to, you know, get some room to get a shot off. You know, um, it's a lot like, you know, playing in, uh, in the, you know, in the, in the lane in basketball. Right. So, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, soccer was, was, was helpful in, in terms of, not only the physical, but just kind of how to think the game a little bit too, right? Like it's not just a straightforward North South game. Like you can go East to West, you can go back to the point you could, you can use, you can have a varied attack, you know? So um, no playing other sports, you know, it's, I say till I'm blue in the face, but it, it's going to make you a better player in the sport that you love. Uh, but somehow, um, you know, People have been convinced that if you're not on the ice 365 days a year working with a skills coach who's, you know, has these really cool looking drills that you can't advance when realistically they have no basis on, on how to play. Um, and you're you're better off in a lot of ways playing other sports and, and, and hitting the gym and, and, and becoming, you know, stronger, athletic, learn how to use your body a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. Cause you, you learn how to adapt certain aspects of some sports and integrate them in others, the cardiovascular right. benefits as well, the muscle memory. I'd also, say, muscle I'd also throw out just the mental aspect of it, right? Like it's nice to get away from it. Like if you're, if you're five, eight years old and, and all you do is every day of hockey, I, 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 I know, and I get that you love the game and I understand that, but that's where a lot of guys burn out. You know, like you, especially if you're playing in the higher end or thing, and you know you're 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 try, you're you're a a triple A superstar at ten years or eight years old. You know, you're you're you're, you're gonna be on it, that grind for a it, long time. And yeah, it's certainly nice to have a hunger towards each sport. So I really appreciate you sharing the diversity of sports. And I, I haven't ever met many hockey players who've integrated water polo. So I really appreciate <laughs> you sharing that as well too. But but just the perspective of the attack and working with teammates and, and everything and the different roles you play. So oh, that, that's really it's certainly important. I mean, the game, the game is not a, especially in today's world, it's not a, 
just dump and chase type game, right? Like it's 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 about finding space. It's about finding finding room to 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 get shots off, to get passes off. How to how to defend? How to how to defend with your feet and not just with just grabbing? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of aspects that you can learn from other sports that you can bring into the to, into the game that you love and uh, hopefully make yourself a a, a more complete player. That's right. So tell us about just bridging now to the, the junior hockey. Um, we know you mentioned before you're part of two uh, QMHL championship teams, 94, 95, 96, 97. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you won the Memorial Cup in 1997. I did. Pretty special feat. I did. It was, it was a good week. And then, and then we can get into the, you know, your first season looks like uh, 56 games. Nine points, two hundred forty-three minutes. Mm-hmm. If that's correct. correct, and then I've got nineteen ninety-five. Year later, point total is really respectable: sixty-three games, twenty-three goals, thirty-six assists, fifty-nine points, four hundred sixty-four minutes. So we'll get into that. But first, tell us about how you were drafted in Q8, QJ, M- MHL that year leading up, and how that all went about. Um, yeah, so I, I guess leading into it, um, I remember going to my uh mid to triple a tryouts with with lock st louis and and uh led the led the team in scoring and tryouts and you know felt like you know i was ready to have a good year and on the last day of tryouts i got called in the office and told i got cut so uh, i went back to my double a team i was you know again not happy um and it, it was time to prove people wrong again and i just went to work um i was lucky enough playing a tournament um, that year that, you know, I had a, had a good weekend and, uh, you know, a scout, uh, this guy, Frank, Frank Deegan saw me and, um, you know, he put in a good word uh, with Hall and they decided to, to give a shot and get, get me drafted. Um, and then Frank was really helpful, uh, just, just with, uh, you know, just trying to understand what, what, what it took. Right. So, uh, I remember we just had a lot of talks over that summer and, and, um, went to a couple of his camps that he was running and, uh, you know, the main thing he told me was like, Pete, just, just back check, you know, everything else will come to it, but just be the best back check you can. And uh, I went into that camp in hall that year. I was, I think I was an 11th round pick. I wasn't expected to make the team. I didn't think I was gonna make the team. I was, I, I was, uh, you know, I think I was like a first round pick in the junior A league. So I was expecting to go there to be honest here. Um, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go out there and, and, you know, give it my best. And, uh, if I'm lucky enough, uh, I can make it to the last week. And I know that uh, they would tell you that they, they'd buy you a new pair of skates. So I was like, you know, if I can get to that point, I, I, I'd be pretty pleased. And uh, I went to the camp and I just, like I said, I just put my head down and just try to be the best back checker I could. And, um, you know, first cuts came and, you know, stay, stay around. The next wave came. I was still around, still around, still around. Um, till we got to like opening day and they were like, Pete, you're, you're here, you know? So, um, obviously I had a lot, a lot of things to work on that first year, um, was humbling in, in a lot of ways where, you know, even though I was on the team, um, it wasn't anything that I've ever had. I've always been, you know, one of the, you know, uh, a, a premier score, I guess at that point, I, that's where I thought my head was at. Um, but it was, you know, learning, uh, that that's not who you're going to be. Um, you know, you can add that stuff to it, but like your, your game is going to be a more physical game. You're going to have to, you're going to have to improve your skating. You have to improve, uh, your conditioning and your strength and all that stuff. And they were willing 
um, to buy, to, 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 to invest in me. Um, you know, the coaching staff, uh, Bob Mongre and, 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 uh, Claude Julien and, and, um, you know, our GM, Charlie Henry, who's a legendary GM of, of, of the Hall Olympic. And, uh, they all believed in me, you know, and, and, and it was, I was really appreciative. Um, I know, you know, again, I had some really good teammates that year. And we, and obviously we did a lot of good things. Um, I know to this day, whenever I see, uh, uh Jose Theodore, who was our goaltender that year, uh, he, he does like, love to remind everybody that he outscored me that year. Uh, oh, he so did it. He, <laughs> that's, uh, right. that's right. He, he got a goal that year. Yeah, uh, well, he had <laughs> 10 points that year. Oh, did he? Wow. Well, lots of success. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he loves to rub that in on me a little bit. Um, but it, yeah. no, it was a great year. I, I, again, I had so many really good friends and really good teammates, so many really good experiences. Um, you know, it was during a lockout year too. So I remember we, we had a exhibition game against all the NHL players who had ties to the Ottawa area and, um, you know, meeting, you know, you know, the Stevie Eisenman's and, and, uh, uh, Marty McSorley's and uh, Gino Ojics and 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 uh, Jeremy Roenix to play that game. Um, you know, it, in my mind, it was almost like, damn, I, I, I you know, these guys are superstars. I, I, I don't feel out of place, you know. And, and uh, whether it was true or not, my, in my mind, I felt that way, right? So it just gave me a, a sense that, you know, some good things will come. So. Again, you're on a pretty successful team. Mm -hmm. Your point total um, is, is very respectful. I said in 1995, but maybe tell the listeners about this this other role, as you said, like how you felt you either had to to make it on that team or make it to the next step. When I see 464 minutes, that's not 200 minutes. Like that's a massive amount of time where you've got to be physical, fighting, where maybe. So share us uh, some insight into what that part of your experience was like. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of that came from that first year, right? Um, you know, Claude Julien used to always say that, you know, uh, to be successful, uh, be a successful team, you have to be kind of a, like a car engine, right? Everything works independently of each other. They have different functions, but if, if any of those are taken out, the car doesn't work, right? So that year, my first year, I, 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 I kind of found a role for myself. And uh, it wasn't easy. I, uh, you know, I think my first three fights, I, I, you know, I got, I got, I got, I got thrown around, you know, and, and, and it took um, some, some courage, first of all, but then it took, you know, some, some reinsurances from, from, from people in the organization that, you know, that they believed in me and they, and they, they had my back. Um, and as that year got by, I, I, I got better and better at it and, and, and more confident in it and, and realized uh, what I can do, you know. And then we, we ended up playing in the Memorial Cup that year. Um, I ended up getting in a fight, I think, in the, one of the first games against uh, somebody from the Western League who was, you know, considered their tough guy in that league. And, and uh, you know, I, I beat him, you know. And, and it, you know, as a 17-year-old kid, I felt pretty, pretty good. It was probably one of the few highlights that we had that weekend. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously it, it felt pretty good. And, 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 and in a lot of ways, it, it's what got me drafted to Florida that year. Um, so, I mean, when I came back that second year, 
you know, I, first of all, I went to camp in Florida, you know, and, and, and I probably got sent home the very first moment they could send somebody home, you know? So, uh, again, it was, it was humbling. Uh, but it also drew me a little bit. Cause I was like, man, I, again, I, I know I can play here. I know I can handle this. Um, I went back home and, and, uh, you know, back to Hull and, and, uh, coach kicked, kicked my butt a little bit, you know, got me back and back, back to the shape, back to the way I should, I should play. Um, and then he gave me an opportunity to move up the lines. Right. So he put me with, with Marty Menard, who was, who was going to be our number one center. Uh, this guy, Pavel Rosa that we brought over from, from, from Europe. So it allowed me some freedom to, to play the game the way that, that I believed I could, but I also knew that I had to play a certain role. And, and part of my role was to try to open up ice for those guys. Uh, it was a different game in the, in, in hockey back then. It was, you know, you needed that type of that ruggedness. And then, and then you could, if you could find somebody that could be, that could play that style and yet could play, you know, your big minutes, it was really helpful, especially in that league. I mean, every team had two or three killers, right? So it, it was, it was a, it was a gauntlet every, every night. Um, so as much as like, you know, 464, and I think the next year, I think, I think at 495, I, I don't think I finished in the top 10 in penalty minutes back then. Right? No. So, well, I know, I noticed that your team had a couple other players who are that high. So like you say, there must be two or three each, each game, but, um, but again, it was a different era. I think that the listeners, uh, um, you know, uh, as you shared is, um, you had to come to be ready to fight every night you were. You were on every shift and doing everything else, but you create space for everyone else. And with that, that can't be easy as a 78 year old person. As, as you said, your confidence, I guess, grew over time. But to say every night you have to answer the bell, that, that's that's not easy. It, it wasn't, but I, I, in all fairness, I think by year, my second year, I just felt pretty confident. I, I knew I was, uh, I was bigger and stronger than most guys. Uh, I knew I had faster hands than, than a lot of guys in that, in that role. Uh, and I was smarter than them in, in terms of how to fight. Right. Like I, 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 I felt very comfortable in that role. Like I, I, I wasn't really worried uh, in a lot of ways about, about it. Um, so it, it just kind of flowed, you know, and, and it wasn't a situation where, um, you know, I was spent, I was up the night before thinking about what was going to happen. I just, no, I, I no. went in there to play a game and if somebody wanted it stuff to me that, you know, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So you sort of, so you established yourself at a certain point in time and you knew if it, someone wanted to go at you, you were ready for them and you just move on after that. Right? Pretty much. Again, yeah. the game, I yeah. was there to win games. Um, yeah. I, I really wasn't worrying about being, the, being yeah. that guy, but if I had to be that guy, well, then I'm going to be the best at yeah. it. Right. So, um, you know, we, we, you know, again, it was such a different league and it's such a different time. Uh, I mean, that second year, we was probably the best team we had, to be honest with you. And when we, I think we set the Canadian record for most wins in a row. And um, we just did so many really good things. Honestly, we were we were up four or five goals every game. So it was like, sometimes at the end of the games, it was just like, yeah, let's, let's put something, let's put a show on, you know. Um, so a lot of those penalty mitts were, Again, that year, a lot of most my penalty mates were all basically fightings. Uh, it wasn't like you know, I wasn't getting a lot of tens. I wasn't getting a lot of like tripping minors. It was, no. uh, yeah, it was from physical block. One fight a game, or one every two fights a game, or whatever, five minutes each, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, 
NHL draft then, did you attend? What was that like? So where was it? Did your family attend? No. So it, the the draft my year was in Edmonton, um, and I was I think I was ranked to go in like the sixth round or something like that, and that was without the goaltenders, without uh, Europeans. Um, so it was it just felt like it was a bit of a long shot. Um, and again, like I'd just been cut from my major AAA team two years ago, so it was like I it wasn't really on my radar. Uh, but with that said, I, I, we had, I had a bunch of buddies, um, primarily Jason Doig, who was, who was ranked to go in the first round. Um, so like I was excited for him, you know, we were all excited for him. All, all, all the guys that we grew up with, we, um, we went to a Chi-Chi's Mexican restaurant and unwatched the draft. Um, and I think I told Doiger, if, you know, if you hear my name call, just let me know. Uh, back then the draft was all in one day, right? So, um, we were sitting in the restaurant, uh, didn't hear, didn't hear anything. None of us heard anything. So we all kind of just went home. Um, it was, we had a long night, but we went home afterwards. And, um, I think I, I woke my dad woke me up like at like six in the morning or something like that. And was like, Hey, I just read the paper. You, you got drafted. I was like, yeah, great. Went back to bed. Um, and then, like a couple hours later, when I finally actually woke up, um, you know, went to the bathroom, grabbed the grabbed the paper, and I was like, "Oh, dang!" Like I was looking for all my guys, trying to see my teammates and everything, to see if they got drafted, and and got to got to my name, and I was like, "Wow!" Um, so we we had a little bit of a celebration in the house. Um, weren't sure it was real, but it was like it's in the paper; it's got to be real, right? Um, it wasn't until like the, the next day where Florida finally got a hold of me. I guess they'd been calling the wrong person all night. So they, they kept uh they some they some old lady thought they were just pranking her. <laughs> so when they finally uh did get to me and, and, and it made it real, it was just it was uh it was just a really special moment. Like, you know, again, it it felt like, you know, the hard work had paid off. Um little did I know that it was meant nothing like there was so much more work to do uh i think i spent that summer like you know kind of high on the hog like feeling pretty good about myself and that, again that was probably probably the reasons i i was if if, if they could only make their for that first cut at 12 o'clock uh they cut me at 12 12 o'clock and 59 seconds right so um you know it, it, it but again it was uh you know i i don't want to uh, talk down about it. I mean, obviously, I, I know how lucky and how special it was to get drafted. I, I, you know, I had so many friends that I grew up with who were great hockey players who were great people that didn't have that opportunity. So uh, it was it was special. Um, you know, it, it, I was I was I felt really happy uh, going to a team that was you know an expansion team. Uh, thought I had thought I had a shot. Uh, and then they went and go to the Stanley Cup Finals that year, and I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> We'll see what happens. If you're enjoying Recognize and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and fueling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards.
so let's talk about that. So you get drafted to the Florida Panthers, and uh, it's not too far off from what you expected. Seventh round, 166 overall. So they obviously they got a really good look at you those years when you're playing at junior hockey. And then can you remember your first game and describe what it felt like playing your first NHL game? Yeah, it was in uh, the old Meadowlands in Jersey. Um, road game, afternoon game. Uh, just the bundles, bundles of energy and joy and ex- excitement. Uh, my dad um, was able to be there. His, his, uh, his, his girlfriend at the time lived in, in New Rochelle. Uh, so it was a real easy trip for him to, to come up into the game. And my um, brother made it up and it was, you know, a real nice family affair. Um, you know, I stepped on the ice for my first shift. And uh, I want to say Gord Murphy gave me a pass. They split the defense, had a breakaway and on Broder didn't score. But I was like, oh, man, this, this league's easy. I'm going to light this league up like I did every other league, right? And, and uh <laughs> That, that didn't work. That didn't happen. So, um, but it was, it was, yeah, it just really felt special. And, and um, you know, it, it was, um, again, a culmination. It was a dream. Like, I, I, I didn't want anybody to pinch me. I didn't want anybody to wake me up. Um, I knew, I knew how hard I worked to get there. And, and, and um, you know, and, and all the, uh, and all the helping hands that I had along the way. Uh, again, the the staff and and the hockey operations in the Hall Olympics were were incredible for me. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to Florida uh, with Brian Murray and Terry Murray and uh, Cliff at Cliff, and um, uh, I was fortunate enough. Uh, Mr. Tory, Bill Tory was there. That that all you know kind of really believed in me, and and, and it was kind of weird, you know, this this black kid from Montreal that these guys were 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 uh, seeing themselves in, um, and it just gave me an opportunity to, to, to try to, you know, uh, do the best I could for. So, um, so where are some highlights you wanted to share throughout your season? I know that again, as you mentioned, it's not easy to be drafted. It's not easy to play your first NHL game and you managed to play seven seasons, um, NHL and, um, Again, not not easy to stay in the league that long. But what were some of the the highlights you'd like to share with us? Um, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, a lot of them I, I can't share with you. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I, and, I, and I just wanted to say you played your majority of your season, your career with Florida Panthers correct. outside of um, Colorado Avalanche in two thousand three oh four. That was your last season. Correct. Yeah. No, I I, like, I think uh, you know in the year in Colorado was incredible. Um, you know, walking in that dressing room with, with the guys that we had there, uh, you know, obviously Joe Sackick and, 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 uh, and Peter Forsberg. Uh, but we had Rob Blake was there. Uh, Adam foot was still there. Uh, that was the year we brought in, uh, uh, Solani in Korea. Um, it's a lot of talent. A lot of talent. Yeah. I was a little mad with the Solani thing cause he, he took my number. Uh, oh, did he? <laughs> I didn't really have a chance, uh, to get it, get it, get it when they, when, when they signed him. Um, yeah, but I mean, we, you know, a bunch of other guys, you know, Matthew Barnaby, the Chris Graddens, uh, Derek Morris's, I mean, we had so, so much talent and so much character. Uh, it was such a fun year to, to play hockey. And it was just, you know, for me, it was disappointed that, that, uh, physically I wasn't able to play. Uh, my knee was jacked up by that point. And, 
I just never really got to, to show my best. But, um, you know, back in Florida, I mean, uh, there was a lot of good times. I mean, even though our teams weren't uh, particularly uh, star-studded, um, you know, we had some really good years and we had some a lot of good fun. Uh, the years with Bure were, were obviously uh, really special. He was a special, special player. Um, but I know, like, again, like, story, I guess, <laughs> I guess I cut back to it, but, like, my first NHL goal was a pretty cool story. I, I, had, I had been sent down to the minors for, for, for a stint, and uh, I got called up that morning. Uh, I was told, like, against St. Louis, and, you know, I was told, like, we're going to call you up, but you're not going to play tonight, you know, so don't worry about it. Uh, we just need you to make sure that you're there for a body, you and, and a, another teammate. Um, so they put us on a plane that was fully, like, full. So, you know, it, I had a back seat in the back, which, you know, I'm six foot seven with, with monster legs. Uh, it was the most uncomfortable flight I ever had and couldn't sleep a wink, didn't really eat much. Uh, then the plane was delayed. Then we landed in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, there was traffic to the rink, so we got there late. Uh, we got there right uh, right at, as warm-up ended, um, you know, tired, disheveled, you know, whatever. And they're like, Pete, you're going to play. I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> um, so I just put my gear on, went out. Uh, first shift out there. Um Going down the wing, uh, Bill Lindsay going down the wing. I called for a drop pass, and I roofed it on uh, Rich Perrin, uh, another guy from my hometown. So I, I okay uh, been skating. In what 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 team was that again? You were playing against? It was uh, St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I remember scoring that first goal, and and I always in my back of my mind was like, I'm you know when I score that first one, I'm just going to be really nonchalant with it. So like. You know, score, goal score, just put the hand up, little tip, like no big deal. Um, and then, you know, the, t- the t- guys mobbed me and, and, and we're really happy. Um, second shift, you know, I was still really, really feeling good about myself. And all I heard was this guy like, hey, we're, hey kid, we're going. And I looked over, it was Tony Twist. I was like, oh, man, what, what is this world? What world am I living in right now? Like, this, is, this is not what I want. Like. Of all the days that I don't really want to fight Tony Twist, like I, I haven't had any sleep. I, I, my, my, my adrenaline levels went up for that first shift, and I was crashing already. Um, so we, we had a nice little tussle. Um, again, I, I, I thank the Lord. I'm six foot seven. <laughs> it, it kept me alive in that fight. Um, but it was, you know, it was a real special night. And then uh, right after the game, we got on a plane. We flew to Ottawa. And uh, I scored again the next night. So it was that one I went a little crazy for, uh, being 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 in the my second hometown. Um, but it was it was you know again it was that week. It was like oh wait, maybe maybe I can be an offensive guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you certainly did enough, right? Because um, the game totals of the seasons were um, sixty-two games in nineteen ninety-eight. Of course, there's there's injuries. Mm-hmm. 99, uh, 1999 was 48 games. I don't know if you said there was a lockout year. It's 2000, you played 71 games and 2001, 79. So consistency all the way through. And of course, the penalty minutes, and that was kind of the error that we were in, right? Like right. if you had a role on the team, you had to you know, be out there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I, I was so, lucky. I mean, from, the, from, from probably that moment, I, again, that, that week where I scored my first goal, 
I was never a healthy scratch again. I was, I was, no. I was, I knew I was always in every game, you know, so I, I knew what yeah. my role was. Uh, I was pretty good at it. Um, you know, it was, again, it was still, it was an old NHL. It was a different league where uh, nice. there was a lot of toughness on a lot of teams. Um, but again, I, I, I still, you know, part of my, I guess my natural cockiness helped me a lot with it. And I, again, I, I, it was never a stressful thing. Again, I was no. trying to win games. And yeah. from my point of view, I was trying to recreate kind of my junior career, right? I, I wanted to to get to that point where uh, I was able to play big minutes. I was able to play power play. I wanted to be that guy again. Uh, yeah. This was, I wasn't fortunate enough to get there. Again. That's right. So I want to shift over now and talk about um, – um, experiences the racism and, and then we'll move over to um, you know inclusion efforts in the game and I just want to read back I know it's never easy for players to talk about these experiences so you know I'll leave it up to you how you like to respond but um, there's a quote from a really good article from you a few years ago and uh, it takes you back to the junior days and, and you reference um, playing on opposing ranks has always been difficult playing in Valdor was difficult playing Shakutabi was difficult playing Lavelle was difficult over the years, people have shouted racist insults at me, thrown bananas at me during a game. But that evening in Beauport, I'll never forget. And I'm going to let you fill in the blanks in a moment. But I first want to reference what happened afterwards, which you were positive about in terms of the influence of uh, your assistant coach at the time, Claude Julian, who ended up being a successful NHL coach. And you know, I'm assuming he'll coach again, but we know he's been coaching in the NHL. And it said... Uh, you said some positive things about how he handled the incident. And you said, I remember the moment in the rink at practice the next day when Julie, when Claude Julian, who was an assistant coach, took me aside. He asked me how I was doing, how I felt after all that. He also told me how much it, it had affected him. To his credit, he didn't serve up the old, I know you, I know how you feel. He knew he could not really know how I felt. But he also knew that his player was hurting. So he allowed me to say what I had to say and gave me some tips to help me channel my emotions. And I just put forward both those points to um, shed light on some of the challenges uh, you and I assume other players of color probably faced in the league at that time, but also positioning how many um, you, you talked about there being supporters and allies around you and talked about your teammates growing up and the support you had in the Quebec team. So I'm just uh, hoping you can share with the, the listeners that uh, that experience you went through and just some context around it. And, and again, hopefully we're, we're heading in a direction where we're, we're not going to see those instances anymore. Although unfortunately we, we still are. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, it was my rookie year. Um, you know, I was a fourth line hopeful guy on that team, you know, playing a couple minutes a game at best. Uh, we were in a playoff series against uh, Beauport, who was at that time was was the favorite to to win the Quebec League. They were they were supposed to walk all over us. Um, so we were playing the game one, and um, you know from the moment we stepped on the ice for warm up, uh, there was a one particular fan. Um, I don't even want to call him a fan. It was a, a particular person at the game that um, you know came with his bullhorn and. Uh, you know, proceeded for the next, you know, three hours to say every 
uh, stereotype racist thing that he possibly could about me and about my 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 team and my organization. Um, it was a game where I, I didn't have a fa- I didn't factor in the game at all. I didn't get a shift. <laughs> it was one of those games, right? So I was sitting on the bench as a seventeen year old kid and just having to take the abuse and the abuse and and it was it was tough and and there was you know trying to fight back tears a lot of time and um you know i you know the teammates coming back to the bench and just you know giving me stick taps and like you know we're with you we're with you um you know i you know the go back to africa the monkeys the the, the whole shebang uh, i think at one point i uh, think probably the only clever thing he said was you know you Hey, uh, you have, uh, you know, 20 yellows and a, and a, and an N word on your team. And, uh, and almost, that almost made me chuckle. Um, but it was, it was a really tough experience. And, and, you know, the fact that they, uh, you know, their team beat us hurt. The fact that their captain at the time was a guy that I skated with in the summer, uh, Ian McIntyre, who was a black, was a black man himself. Um, and, and how frustrated and disappointed he was, um, and apologetic he was at the, at the time. Um, and again, he might, you know, he, he stood out more, I guess, I guess on, on, on players of that team, but they, they had other guys. I mean, even, uh, de- games later, uh, I think that Eric Daze was their big star. I mean, he even said something like, you know, I, sorry about that. Um, but, you know, it was it was a really tough game, you know, but in a lot of ways, it kind of galvanized our team. Uh, we went back to Hall the next night and or, and uh, or for the next game and um, we took it to him, you know, and and. Um, coach gave me a lot of trust, too, in that series, too. So um, he had me lining up against our number one line. You know, you know, my job was to shut down Eric Daze that series, which uh, surprised the hell out of me. <laughs> I think everybody, uh, but we did the job. But we did the job, and 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 again, the as dark as it was, and how tough it was to deal with it, uh, especially as you know, as a seventeen-year-old kid, um, the support that I that I, I garnered from from my teammates, from my coaching staff. Uh, from the organization um, was so important for me to, to get through it, but it, 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 it actually helped me um, just be a better person, you know, and, and, and realize that not everybody's that way. Right. And, 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 and there's, they're just genuinely, genuinely, honestly, good people. And if you're lucky enough to be around those type of people, um, you know, cherish it, you know, because, uh, you know, I know guys who played in other teams in that league uh, that dealt with a lot of those same similar stuff that didn't have that same support that I did. You know, so, um, again, I, I, I say it all the time. I, I lived a charmed life in that aspect uh, in Hull and in Florida uh, that I had a lot of people that that were just genuinely good people that didn't see, uh, you know, the, the, a differentiating mark. They just saw me as a, they saw me as a black man, but they saw me as a hockey player first, you know, and, and that's uh, looking back is, is, is something that um, I, I'm very fortunate that I was able to have. 
Yeah, and I've heard you reflect upon saying that, you know, there's still reflections on those incidents that uh, that still hurt you. But obviously, there's this reflection on, as you said, uh, the fact that it was a bit of a feeling of support, the way that your coaches and players um, responded and supported you. And that wouldn't be the case everywhere. So, I mean, that's the the one positive to, uh, to take out of that moment. Well, 100%. Again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sugarcoat the moment and, and and act as though it wasn't a seminal moment or it wasn't something that was just ridiculous to have to deal with. That like in in this day or that day and age that that if people felt it was not only it was okay, but they could laugh at it. You know, like people in the rink building thought it was a, it was a humorous thing uh, to make racial comments to his a, a child. You know, just because he had a jersey on that was different from the ones that you you came to support. Again, I, I'm all for, you know, razzing, razzing the other player. And again, I, I know I was the mo- one of the most hated guys in the queue when I played because of the way I played. And I understood that. And I, I've never had a problem with that. It, it made me, if anything, that motivated me. But it, like, it was never an issue, right? Um, but the fact that it, it was it was an ugly incident, and, and again, how you know people thought it was again not just okay, but like ha ha ha, let's yeah, let's 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 get on this kid. Um, will be nothing that I'll ever get over. But again, I, I I tend to try to look at the positives in life. I try to be an optimist, and again, the the how I was treated by my organization, by my coaches, by my teammates, is how I've tried to carry on and pass forward through my life, right? Like, you know, it, it, it taught me, you know, I don't have to be the fire breather. You know, I don't, I, I, I want to have relationships. I want to be somebody that, that my players can rely on and, uh, and through the, the thick and thin. And, and I think that's something that, um, Again, the positives for me in the long run will always outweigh some clown uh, who thought he was he thought he was brave from two thousand two thousand feet away because he I guarantee you he was not saying it to my face even at, even as a seventeen year old and I guarantee you he wouldn't say it to my face today. Yeah, well, although it was a long time ago, I think there's some transferability to. Um, whatever, whatever level of racism people experience. And unfortunately at that point in time, you talked about the support from the team. Unfortunately, the fans, the league and all that didn't have a protocol to say, you know, if this happens, this is what we should be doing. Um, no, look, I think there's, there's been so much progress. Um, you know, when, it, when the ugly incidents happen now and it's, it's you know, obviously still disappointed it's, it's happening. But again, it's not a situation where there's no repercussions anymore, right? So we still have a long way to go. But I think when you take the step back and you look at it, like we've made a lot of progress in that aspect, right? Like it's nobody's looking at it. Like, again, when that, my incident happened, it wasn't even in the news, right? Nobody even talked about it. Like it was just like, ah, <laughs> um, whereas, you know, if it happens now, it's going to be national news and it should be. Because we should we should expose the the, the that and 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 root it out. Um, so just in that aspect, I think it's it's been huge. And it, 
And, you know, to a, a tip to the cap to the players of today who aren't going to stand by it, you know, and, 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 and I'm, I say it all the time. I'm so proud of the, of the young black men in the league today, you know, whether it's Anthony Duclair here in Florida or um, Ryan Reeves or Matt Dumbo or, or, you know, up and down the list. I, you know, there's, there's so many more guys in the league now, but, you know, I'm so proud of the fact that they stand up for, for, for against racism. I, 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 I applaud them for having a voice and, and using it. Uh, I think that's one of the, one of the mistakes that we did in my generation is that we were, we were, we were social and we were, we were open doors. And I think it, it, it gave people belief that they can play, you know, whether they, you know, whether it was a Jerome McGinley or uh, George Rack or Anson Carter or Ken Weeks or myself, but none of us were never, none of, none of us stood up for it. Like, like we could have, I think we were just trying to uh, assimilate. Yeah, I, I agree. There's different contextual factors and, and many people will say as well, the black racialized players, um, they shouldn't have to own everything that happens as well too. So I draw that parallel yeah. with your teammates, your organization, because for the most part, they were doing what they should be doing. The, the structure of the league and the protocols didn't step in line, but just because you look differently and show up at a different space, it shouldn't mean that you always have to own all the repercussions and and many people have said, you know, if something happens, it's 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 an us problem. Like we all have to deal with it. So maybe tell us what you're optimistic about in terms of that point going forward in terms of what you've seen and and you are in Florida. So what initiatives are making a difference in a proactive sense in terms of making the game more inclusive? Um, I mean, obviously, the, you know, the, the 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 big slogan of hockey is for everybody. I think it's 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 getting there. It's there, there's still work to be done, but I think it's, it's a positive step in the right direction. I think, uh, uh, people like Kim Davis and the NHL and, 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 and really pushing different initiatives, pushing different programming out there and just a different mindset, um, is helpful. I, again, I think a lot of it has to do with just kids today too, right? Like they're, you know, I think we always try to, we always try to, give them heck about they're not as tough as us and back a day. And, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I think they're tougher in a lot of ways because they deal with a lot of stuff that we haven't had to deal with. And they're m much more uh, open and welcoming uh, than, 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 than it was back in the day. Right. Like, um, you know, obviously there's outliers, don't get me wrong, but I think, you know, some of the things and some of the topics that, that, that would come up today, you know, players, 20 years ago would ostracize. Whereas today people look at it and be like, no, man, let's, this is important. Let, they should feel every bit as part of, of this as, as possible. Right. 20 years ago, there was not going to be a single NHL player who would go do a pride parade. Right. Like, and if anything, if they, they were asked about it, they'd be derisive about it. Um, the fact that, you know, people, players do that today. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're putting their hand out there and, and trying to say you're welcome in our sport. And, and I think that's, that's great. You know, I, I made a comment in a podcast a couple of years ago, um, you know, when I was playing and, and, you know, I got along with everybody. I was, you know, guys always thought I was a great teammate, whatever, but like we'd go to the country bar where I, I'd feel uncomfortable, but you know, I'd go through that. There was nobody coming with me to, to the clubs I wanted to go to, right. Other than, I had uh, the, uh, Nicholas Hagman, a Finnish kid that that, that was that was down with hip hop, and, and he'd be one of the few guys. Um, 
but it, again, it, whereas today you walk in the dresser, like again, like I couldn't even touch the, I couldn't touch the, the, the radio in the, in the room back in the day. Cause it was going to play, you know, Metallica and, and, and all these kinds of heavy metal. You walk in the dressing room now and it's, you know, the kid from the prairies of Saskatchewan, who's, who's running the, 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 the um, the, the what's it called the the iPad, iPod and and uh, it's all you know Kodak Black and and uh, and Drake and whatever hip hop star you can do. So I mean it, the 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 embrace of different cultures. I think a part of it is there's some initiatives that that are part of it. Great, but I think a lot of it is just uh, how society's changed. Uh, it's certainly scary sometimes looking at society today because it looks like it could be changing back, but. Uh, I think the kids of today are just—they're just way more open and 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 inclusive naturally uh, than they were, you know. So tell us about some of the initiatives you're involved with. I know you were in Toronto a few months ago because one of my friends ran into your rink in Toronto, <laughs> and he said you're with some kids from Florida. So maybe tell us about what what you're doing right now, how you're making an impact. So I was I, I was the hockey director here for the Florida Junior Panthers for the last three or four years. Um, so I was basically just running running everything from from uh, the adult league to the learn to plays and everything in between. So we had um, you know about five hundred kids um, in our uh, between our rec league and and uh, our and our travel program uh, tier two programs um, and just trying to set the tone and try to set the uh, the pace of what we were trying to do. Um, this year, I, I took a I took a different direction. I'm I'm now the brand ambassador for the organization. Um, so my job is to promote and uh, bring in more people to the game. You know, so um, going to be going out in the, in the different communities down here in South Florida that have not been touched in the 20 something years I've been here, unfortunately, and, and try to try to find different ways to get sticks in people's hands, whether it's on the ice, whether it's on street hockey, uh, whether it's on the beach, whatever, whatever the case may be. Uh, but just trying to find ways to, um, you know, let, let kids know that there's different options out there and they can have fun playing this game. Um, you know, I think, you know, in truth, one of the, there's probably, I've probably had more black people tell me why are you playing hockey than I have sometimes white people. Right. And, and, and obviously it's, it's a, it's a different tone. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it, it's, it's always been frustrating to me in a lot of ways. Right. Like I was, I was going to ask you about that because when we talked, had discussion before about trying different sports and, and obviously if you look at basketball, baseball and uh, football in the U S there would be a, a good cross section of uh, athletes. And I know, I know it's often brought up, well, the cost of hockey is high and that might not invite all communities, but there's, there's, there's lots of middle-class and upper-class communities around across the U S. So, so your point about that resonates with me about just opening that door and looking at, Hey, here's an option. And I know you're in a you know a nation that's really football crazy, basketball crazy, but just opening up a window to, Hey, and, and I guess that, that does speak to the point about the representation because I don't know what your thoughts are on the fact that how many kids saw you in Florida and how much it made a difference. Just the fact that you were on that ice and just made that easier to, to shoot, to say I can be included in this sport. Uh, certainly thoughts it on certainly that? does. No, and I know um, when I was playing here, there was, there was quite a few kids that, 
you know, who look like me that, that, that got in the game. And uh, some of them actually went on and, and had some good careers to play college hockey. Right. Um, I know with our organization right, right now, especially, but we've traditionally always had players of color in our, in our, in our team. Uh, but having somebody like, like, like Anthony Duclair, who not only is, is a super skilled, exciting player to watch, but is, is community minded. Um, and, and really wants to push, uh, you know, kids from his community, you know, the Haitian community, especially, uh, to, to want to give this game a try. You, you said something about, you know, the, uh, the, the socioeconomic part of it. And, 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 and it's always a misnomer to me because there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of black people with money. Like, like let's, I hate when people say that the, the game's expensive for everybody. It's not just for black families. It's expensive for anybody. The issue I always find with, with in our community is, is that it's, it's never seemed like it's the cool thing to do, right? Like, like it's cool to be a basketball player. It's cool to be a football player, especially down here in South Florida. Um, and it's always been like, wow, well, that's, that's, a, that's a white boy sport. Why are you playing that? It's like, well, it's not. It's a sport. <laughs> They're all sports. And if you gave it a try, you, you might be amazed at how much fun it is, right? And um, I remember when I started in the league and uh, – you know, it was myself and Kevin Weeks here. And we would we would just get kids from the neighborhood. Like we were playing in Miami back in the day. And 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 you know, we'd we'd walk through Liberty City, we'd walk through, you know, uh, you know, some of the tough neighborhoods and and we'd give tickets to kids and and you know, just getting them in the game. And 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 you know, that one time we gave that kid a ticket, you know, we'd see him two months later, we'd see him three months later, we saw him four years later, uh, and the, and his family became hockey fans, right? So um, again, it, it's a lot of times it's just letting people know, uh, you know, whether it's black kids, whether it's Latino kids, whether it's Asian kids, um, that hockey's, it really is for everybody. And if you just play it and have fun, like you're going to have great experience with it. You're going to have some bad experience with it, just like in any sport. Um, but if you stick it out, like you're going to have a community that you might never have had before. You're going to have experiences that you might never have been able to garner from anything else, right? Just the, the amount of travel um, that I was able to, to get, you know, through playing hockey, which isn't even close to what these kids have today, right? Like kids in Florida, we're traveling all over North America to play games. And, and that's something that you don't get, you know, playing football. You don't get playing basketball where you can do everything in your neighborhood, right? So there's so many good experiences that you can, you can garner and gain from playing hockey. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I'm excited about some of these opportunities and again, just putting sticks in kids hand, whether it's floor hockey, ball hockey, street hockey, ice hockey, um, you know, working with special needs players and, 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 and getting sticks or, uh, or getting, getting them on the ice or, or whatever, you know, just really trying to broaden uh, the, the, the fan base of the sport, um, you know, I think is, is, is important, um, as, as much so as it is, you know, the players, as much so as it is people understanding that there's opportunities be beyond the ice to be in, in the NHL, right? Like, you know, we, we're lucky to have Brett Peterson here as, as our assistant GM, 
but like, you know, ticket sales, uh, marketing, uh, CEOs, like there's so many other opportunities to be in this game. And, uh, you know, dealing with young kids is one thing, but like even dealing with college grads and, and, and saying, Hey, you just got a degree. You want to be in sports. Like there's other sports than, than the NFL and, and the NBA, you know? And, and, um, you know, I know for a fact, our, our, our Panthers organization is, is inclusive in that way. And, and, um, hopefully, uh, that that's going to spread out throughout the league as well. Yeah, it's exciting to follow what's going to happen down the road because the other market we didn't talk much about is just the the NCAA and how that might change because, you know, Americans often follow college sports. And if you start seeing some personalities in hockey at that stage, what that might mean. And also I'd heard there was a historical black college that was interested in starting a hockey program as well. So it'd be exciting to see, follow that as it goes along. And, and as you mentioned, someone like Anthony DeClaire and, those personalities getting out there and being charismatic. There wasn't too long ago a time when the NBA had, you know, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and just what they brought to the game just sort of changed how people followed the sport. So oh, exciting to 100%. Again, like, um, you know, it's the players that are, that are, that are important. You know, again, I, I love, you know, seeing Weeksy out there and, 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 and his, uh, his gift for Gab yeah. and uh, right. he's never seen a mic he doesn't like, but um you know, yeah. <laughs> but like his personality is great for the game. Uh, you know, uh, Bissonette, you know, his, 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 his voice is yeah. great. You know, uh, him riffing with Anson every game on, on TNT has been, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're replicating the, uh, the, the NBA TNT show. So, um, that's right. you know, again, there's, there's so many voices, um, that are different and getting better. David Amber uh, up in Canada, you that's know, right. I mean, seeing people, uh, of that thing, I, I think it's, it's 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 just as helpful as, as as players on the ice for sure. Yeah, and what I appreciate in the players I've come across, that I've interviewed through the collection, that many of you are so far so much connected to the game and giving back, and that in itself is really great to see. So, so I'm just going to wrap up asking you then if you could just sort of share with us some advice you would give to a young hockey player today. Um. Honestly, like that's what I tell most of the kids I work with today. Just enjoy it and have fun with it. Like, don't worry about ten years from now or where what where the end road is. Just just enjoy, play, play as hard as you can. Uh, be remember, be and understand how fortunate you are to be able to play. Um, but just just enjoy the moment and try, and just try to get incrementally better every day. And you'll see what where it gets you. And that might get you to the NHL, that might get you to NCAA, it might get you to major junior, but it might get you into law school. It might get you, uh, you know, to become a fireman. It might become, make you, um, you know, uh, a city councilman, whatever the case may be. But you, you can, you'll be better for it if you put the work in, you put the, you know, you keep your nose to the grindstone and, and you be a good person and good teammate. Uh, and you'll be amazed and where this 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 life can lead you. And uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer hockey can can change people's lives. Um, again, even if they don't make the NHL, it's 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 a it's a way again to 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 community, uh, and it's a way to help yourself become a better person that that you can pass it along to the next generation. Thank thanks for sharing that. 
wise advice. And yeah, there's so many life lessons uh, pick up from hockey and so much community relationships that last a lifetime. So really appreciate you spending time with us on the podcast, uh, Peter. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see you sometime in uh, Florida. I appreciate so it. thank you very much. Absolutely. Go Cats. Okay. Thank you. So I'm just going to ask you to stay on for a bit here. Yeah, it was great, great chat. No problem. It was fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. We're proud to be working with Hockey Equality. Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey. By lowering financial barriers for BIPOC, female, and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to share this story with your kids, then check out My Hockey Hero. It's shorter and suitable for the whole family. You can click the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Podstarter production. production.